Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Fiction. Science fiction. Horror. Fantasy. Crime. LGBT. Thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery with your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and our warrior, 106.5 FM Los Angeles, 102.3 FM Riverside and 105.0 AM Palm Springs. Welcome back into the House of Mystery, and I am Al Warren. And you Mr. Are. Yeah, I am, and this is Mr. <laughs> Dave Martino, ex-baseball player, current karate champion of the yeah. House of Mystery. That's right. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing okay. Well, actually, out of you and uh, Holly should get into a contest. A contest? Yeah, because he still does all that karate. Yeah, we'll do judo. Oh, is there a difference? Oh, there's a lot of difference. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah, know. Some, he, yeah, different types of throws. and you know. he, he just wears that white little robe. and. <laughs> well, know. his his wife could beat both of us up. So. Oh, I know. She's the champ. She's, there's no she's competition champ. there. You see the yeah. legs she's got? Um, My God, they're like bricks. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, judo player. Wow. That's the foundation. I'll say. My God. <laughs> I tell you. And, and you know, and she's got to be close to 60 as well. Yeah. My God. Still in fascinating shape. That's know. right. You know. Sort of like you. Do that to you. Just like yeah, you. That's do. right. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I get rid of this this gut, you know. Yeah. You'd have the same legs as her. You have the same legs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you know. They're not bad. <laughs> I have to shave them. So does she. <laughs> They're not naturally that way. You, know? ah, you yeah, didn't know. You didn't know that yet. No, no, well, no. So, uh, so, so our Friday, we've got a crazy show. We've got Mister um, Jonathan Woods with an S bringing us his book called Hog Wild or Singing Them Jig Jihog Blues. See, I, I'm just not Southern. I don't know. I'm Canadian. So, uh, Jonathan, thank you for coming on the show. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. 
so I, I have to ask because you know as northern folk here um what is uh southern noir like what what's different about it like why why is there a category called southern noir well, because there's a group of Southern writers who write you are. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. This is going to be how it's going to be. Okay. Uh, kind of, uh, you know, it, it's kind of uh, a similar title might be to refer to it as Hillbilly Noir or uh, um, Redneck Noir. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, I know, and the reason I ask, I'm not, it's just that there's no northern noir, right? So I'm just, I was just trying to figure out when I read a southern noir book as compared to just a noir book, um, is it just about the area it's in and about some of the, um, I don't know what you call the, the way people talk or behave or is it, is that? Some degree, it's also you know. I mean, the people are much nastier. <laughs> um, my, my, I just finished reading actually an absolutely fabulous uh, piece of Southern noir by a writer named Harry Cruz, who is uh, deceased now. But he uh, he grew up in a tiny, tiny town in Georgia, and he somehow made it all the way to ending up as a professor at uh, the University of Florida in Gainesville, and he wrote a a bunch of novels and a very famous memoir, but the novel I just read is called A Feast of Snakes, and it's about a little town in Georgia where they have an annual rattlesnake hunt, and every character in the book is absolutely crazy, and it's... uh, it's an amazing book. I mean, I, re- I read a lot, and th- this book really kind of shocked me when it got to the some of the violent scenes that occurred. Wow. Shocked you. It must be serious here. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I guess we can't get him on if he's, if he's dead. Well, we could get a Ouija board out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so are you saying that... Um, when when we read one of your books, if someone picks up Jonathan Wood's books right. uh, and reads one of them, are they, what what are they? What kind of experience are there are they in for? Well, actually, I'm kind of a little bit different from uh, Mr. Cruz in the sense that my books tend to be very funny. Um, I mix the humor, a lot of humor, with uh, crazy, crazy characters. Um, my books move very fast. They're a very quick read. Um, I guess I fancy myself a, what I would call a literary crime writer. So there's some fancy dancy, uh, writing that you can, you know, get your brain around and might find amusing and, uh, a good story and, my books are sometimes also, besides being called Southern Noir, they're sometimes called Gonzo Noir, <laughs> after the uh, um, famous journalist, um, what, the, the guy that shot himself into space. His name is his body into space, and his name is eluding me. <laughs> At the moment. Yeah, I don't know. I never read anybody's stuff. I'm not a reader. 
<laughs> I just do this for a living. Um, wow. I, this is so humor. Um, when you put humor in it, is that even though there's some serious subject matter too, obviously, professional killer and stuff like this is going on in here. But when you do that, do you, do you kind of, are you sensitive to where you put the humor and, and how you put it in, or do you think about it, or you just go wild? Well, to me, humor is really an essential human mechanism that we, we have to distance ourselves from all the terrible things that go on in the world. So I think from my perspective, um, you know, humor is an essential element of, of, of great writing. Um, because if we didn't have humor, I think uh, a lot of us would just put a gun to our head and <laughs> say, I'm, I'm leaving. So um, some of my – Hog Wild is actually my wildest book, so some of the humor is very over the top. There's, you know, a lot of sexual play going on, very humorously approached and so forth. By the way, the name I was looking for – Gonzo was uh, Hunter Thompson. Ah, that's right. Not Gonzo journalist. Oh, was he a writer too? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> well, you know, t talking about uh, uh, humor and and comedy, do you, do you in the same vein? Do you feel like you need maybe like uh, comedic timing to pull off uh, uh, comedy within? within the prose of, of the novel itself? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that it, it's the same kind of thing. I mean, stand-up is, uh, you know, quick lines, bam, 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 one after the other, just keep them rolling in the aisles. And uh, um, I don't know, I'm telling a story. I mean, in a, in a way, there's, this is a kind of an adventure story. It's about a guy who goes, a sniper, ex-military sniper, who goes down to Texas to rid them of their, to this big ranch, to rid them of their ho feral hog problem. And the hogs have gotten super intelligent, and they organize, and they fight back. So that's, that's a, and then they ultimately, they put the ranch under siege, so that's a, it's a real adventure story within which uh, the main character interacts with all these crazy people that are on the ranch and also uh, has various encounters with the hogs. And then we have um, separate circumstances with the hogs as well. So And the hogs kind of talk English telepathically, so... Where do you, so where do you get these these ideas from? Are you like um serious drinker or <laughs> I have no idea where this came from, but it started I came out of I mean let, let me say this, feral hogs are a big problem in Texas. Uh, I know somebody who was driving back from Houston to Dallas at night and they hit a feral hog and it basically destroyed their car. I mean, these these beasts are 200, 300 pounds. And uh, 
So it is a huge problem, and I started thinking about that, and then I kind of had this vague recollection of this book called Animal Farm. You might have heard of it by this English guy, um, <laughs> Orwell, George, George Orwell, and kind of started to put that together. And then uh, I don't outline or anything, so I did, it just kind of wrote itself. Okay, how do you spell that Orwell? I, I, maybe I'll look up some of them. <laughs> Never... Starts with an O. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll, I'll write this down because I'm going to look up these writers and see if I can. Uh, maybe I can get him on the show too. Well, okay. Uh, you just have to use the same Ouija board. <laughs> <laughs> well, then it make it worthwhile. If I'm going to go to Walmart and, and fight the crowd to get a Ouija board, I better. Yeah, they they're yeah. probably having a two for one special now because they're trying to get rid of their <laughs> excess inventory. Yeah, well, yeah, because it's summer, right? You know, if this was Halloween, it'd it'd be high-priced, you know? How come everything else is going up but not Ouija boards? Hmm. Well, so what do you what do you hope people get take away from your book? But like, so if I'm I I read Hog Wild, it sounds like it's a real uh, wild excursion. Like you you have a lot of everything going on in this. Are you? Is this a, a purely fun, entertaining book? Well, I mean, that's that's certainly about. 75% of it in the sense that that's my first goal in in writing is that I want you to be entertained. I want you to keep turning those pages and I want you to keep laughing. And then in the end, I want you to think about what feral hogs people are. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, we're, we're a pretty, uh, I mean, one of the problems with feral hogs is that they decimate the environment. And um, we as people are certainly pretty good at that also. As I think uh, mm. one or two news media outlets have been talking about for, you know, maybe a, the last 10 years or I don't know. So um, I hope people get something more out of it than just laughs but, uh, and, and a fast-paced story. But, you know, if that's all they get, that's not too bad either. You know, I'm wondering, too, with, I mean, at least you have a lot of sex in the book. Um, there's, uh, you know, listed in the in the uh, blurb as a nympho daughter. And I'm just wondering, you know, do you ever worry about, do you self-censor? Do you ever worry about uh, political correctness or anything when you create these? Or you just just uh, put it out and, and not worry about it? Well, first of all, my my take on sex in these in my books is tends to be on the funny side. I mean, you know, two people, one on top of the other, <laughs> pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so that's part of it. And the other part of it is I, I you know, I didn't start writing until I was. As I mentioned earlier, till I till I turned fifty four, and I'm now twenty years later, still writing, which is a miracle. But I don't, you know, I don't write for an audience. I write for myself first and foremost, and and things like cancel culture and political correctness and all of that stuff. I I mean, I just can't be worried about that. Mm. So. Um, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't approach, for example, sex, I don't think in a misogynistic way. I mean, I have the female character in this 
one of the main female characters in the book is always lamenting about how, you know, she's ill-treated out here in the countryside, the, the rough countryside of Texas. Um, there is no, uh, you know, feminist movement on the ranch, if you will. <laughs> and so these are pretty tough ladies as, as well. So um, they don't take any crap from anybody. <laughs> I wonder, how do you create these characters? Like, where do they come from? So you've got Ray Puzo, who's 34. Um, do, do you dream these up, or do you take them from people you know? Or where? how does... How does something like that start? Well, um, for example, um, the, the head hog uh, is uh, based on Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tucker Carlson's going to be mad now at me again. Um, he's in there, too. They barbecue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh great. Great. No, seriously. Um, I, you know, I don't know. What, I have just a very fervid imagination, and uh, you know, the, the 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 idea for Hog Wild got settled in my mind, and I just started writing the book. And um, I, I, I'm not one of these writers, you know, these very commercial writers that write series and the outline and everything is, you know, very. It's all very much a a job. I'm, you know, I'm too late in life to have another job. So, um, I write these books for pleasure, for 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 me and for the reader. And uh, I wrote Hog Loud with no outline. I didn't know where it was going to go. I just had this guy show up at a famous hotel in Austin, Texas, called the Manger, which uh, where Teddy Roosevelt signed up his Rough Rider boys during the Spanish-American War. And uh, so I chose that as the, the venue to open the story, and I have the ranch matriarch, Amanda Cross, sitting in the bar, swilling whiskey. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. And uh, Ray Puzo comes in and gets interviewed. And uh, that's the opening scene. And from there, it just uh, proceeded for about 250 pages. I'm wondering, too, you know, coming at this a little later in life and, and as you started to write and uh, these characters started to present themselves to you um, in your in your different different books, how do you experience those characters? Uh, can, can you hear them? Do you have an inner monologue? Is, is that how you create dialogue? Are you more seeing what's going on? Is it more of a visual experience for you? How, how does that work for you? Well, definitely when I'm writing a book, I'm totally immersed in it. I mean, it, it becomes totally real for me. Um, and I think that's what actually allows the story to flow both in my subconscious and then you know, when I sit down and I start to put sentences together, um, I, to me, it's actually a totally crazy process because I don't really know where these characters come <laughs> from. But they do, and they just want to come out. And once they're coming out, it's like I'm I'm in their world, if you will. Mm. And each one has their own weird personality. And, you know, there's... Ned Cross is the son, and he paints his nails different colors, and um, he's he's queer, and he has he has a relationship with the uh, what I refer to as the house Mexican named Gomez, who everybody refers to as Gomzy, and uh, so those are, that's another one of the couple of the characters that you'll find in this book. And, of course, Amanda Cross is the, the matriarch, and there's just a bunch of crazy characters. There's also a lot of dark things going on, like uh, um, the nymphomaniac daughter was actually uh, raped by her father, and uh, Amanda Cross, therefore, put a bullet in his spine, and he's now a, a total paraplegic. So there, there are dark things happening beneath the surface here. And, of course, one of the hogs gets killed and roasted, and you can imagine how that upsets the other hog. 
This is very light fare. It's very oh, easy. Oh, but that's why it's full of funniness, because otherwise, you know. I mean, it's dark the same way that that Harry Cruz book is dark, but the Harry Cruz book also has, actually has a, a, a lot of humor in it. Yeah, well, you have to laugh at these things. So, I mean, I'm okay with all this stuff, but why did you get into writing uh, later in life? Like, what was it that led you in that path? Like, how did Jonathan start doing this in his 50s? Well, it was really something that I've always dreamed of doing. Um, you know, I was a very bookish kid because we were always moving, so I was always the new kid at school and therefore kind of an outsider. And so growing up, books became very important to me. But then I got into this legal business, working for a high-tech company, Nortel. And, uh, you know, that pretty much, that and, and raising a family of three kids kind of took up most of my energy. Um, but I always had in the back of my mind that I wanted to write books. And uh, when Nortel went on the rocks, I had an opportunity to uh, leave them in, before they totally crashed and burned and went into bankruptcy. I left them and started writing. And uh, here we are five books later, and there's nothing I'd rather be doing than writing books in my, uh, what, what, what do you call this, my shadow years? <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's just, uh, it's a great pleasure to me to create a story. Can't think of anything I'd rather do. Don't play golf. Don't chase women. Happily married for 50 years. There you go. So, uh, but the question is now the pig that got roasted, was that the one you made after Donald Trump? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's terrible. Uh, or is that the Tucker Carlson one? I, I, but how do you how do you get into the minds of these characters? Like, because you're obviously not all of these different people. You're not like. Uh, so I always I always kind of get fascinated with how you can get into the mind of, let's say, um, any of your characters that you're completely opposite of, and make it sound real. Do you go out and try it out, or? <laughs> uh, I just. I just think it's just my imagination, and I get lost in them. But, I, you know, I just wanted to let you know, by the way, that the hogs in this book have uh, – they, they're able to read, but they don't fully appreciate the history books that they, they get to read. So they have adopted names out of history that are just a little bit on the twisty side. So, for example, one of the hogs is named uh, E.D. Amen. <laughs> And um, there's one named Dr. Geronimo Rex, and there's a Pol Pot Jr. and a Pol Pot Sr., and there's a Dr. Mengele. <laughs> and, of course, the hogs have no idea that they've picked these names of horrible humans. A friend of mine, actually, another writer, her name is Vicki Hendricks, She's, uh, she wrote some very uh, dark, sexy noir, mostly set in Florida, but she did a. She was kind enough to write a blurb for me, and she said, "Men are pigs, and pigs are men." The Jonathan Woods rambunctiously clever romp of a novel. So that I, I thought when when she sent me that, I thought that really sums it up. I mean, there's a satire in which the men behave badly and the pigs behave badly. So, uh, and we all have lots of laughs watching them do that. <laughs> Sounds wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
It's too bad I can't hold up the cover for you. It's a dark blue cover with orange lettering, and it has a huge feral hog on it. Well, I mean, we can just imagine Donald Trump and kind of get that idea. You know? <laughs> but, you know, he can't read, so there's no way that was. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He needs a seven, seven-word seven briefing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. So where, where do you see yourself going with this now that you've got a few books under your belt, so to speak, and you're kind of moving forward? Where, what's going to happen now? Are you going to keep on doing this? Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I, actually, I like to write both novels and short stories. I mean, novels take a big commitment. It takes a year or even two years to really finish a novel. So I like to go back and forth between novels and short stories. So of my five books, three of them are novels and two of them are short story collections. And, um, I'm now working on a new book of short stories. There's a, there's a real pleasure at least to me, in writing a short story where you work on it feverishly for maybe two, three weeks and have a great piece of work and you put it aside for maybe a month to let it kind of effervesce and do its thing in your brain and then you take it back and you do some, you know, fine, final polishing and there is this, this thing. And so it's uh, fantastic writing a short story that you can have the satisfaction of creating it within a relatively short period of time. My novels actually have all been written um, in, in writers groups, which is a way of kind of forcing you to create. No one wants to show up for one of the sessions where you, you, you know, go over someone's pages. You don't want to show up without any new pages. So it kind of inspires you to avoid being a slacker, which, uh, you know, it's very easy to do, as I'm sure you're aware. Well, I, I wouldn't belong to a writer's group because they're, they're all pigs. <laughs> <laughs> so then you like to suffer as a slacker, is that? Also, yeah, I'm, I'm a slacker. I do a couple of books a year, so I'm, I'm taking it easy. <laughs> you know, but that's okay. <laughs> I, that's what we do here. So, you know, I'd I'd love to have somebody uh, pick up one of my books and make a movie out of it. That would be great fun. We actually, I actually did that. Uh, I was living in Key West and I met a young filmmaker named Quincy Perkins. And we uh, we collaborated on making a a 25-minute film based on a short story I wrote called Swingers Anonymous. (laughs) And uh, it was actually quite, it played the film festival circuit. So it, you know, it premiered in uh, the Key West Film Festival, and then it went on to play in L.A. and New York and Miami and Vancouver and San Antonio, where the head of the festival gave me prime time screening at uh, nine o'clock on Saturday. I referred to the movie as the Titty Movie. <laughs> uh, it had some partial nudity in it, and then it actually went on to Cannes played at con and the director and I went over there and had a blast. So that was a high point. Well, mentioning, mentioning that with the, you know, working with the movie, uh, screenplay, what have you, uh, short fiction, novel. Did you have a preference in one of those? Is, is there one that you like to do uh, more than the others? To have made into a movie? Or just, just to uh, create yourself. You know, do you prefer to write short fiction or uh, do you consider yourself, you know, kind of like a natural short story writer or a natural novelist? Well, I mean, my, novels are just harder to write because they're mm. so long. 
you know, it's, it's much more of a slogging experience. So, but I, I like to write both. I mean, I don't think Hog Wild would have succeeded as a short story, for example. I think you have to get the whole scope of, you know, the characters discovering that the hogs are super intelligent and so sort of waking up to that fact. And then the hogs deciding they're not going to stand for being slaughtered. They're going to fight back. And then there's various back and forth. And there's a, for example, there's a very funny scene where they're, the, the ranch people decide to attack the hogs with barrel bombs. So they're flying the barrel bombs over over a hog feeding gathering in the in the wetlands around the rivers. And the, one of the guys that's helping with the move the the uh, barrel bombs around in the in the cargo hold somehow lets go of the hand strap that. He's holding on to because I guess because they they open the door of the the plane to push the barrel bomb out, and the wind blows his ha- long hair into his face, and he tries to wipe the hair out of his face, and he realizes he's let go of the of the strap that he's hanging on to, <laughs> and the next thing you know he he goes out the door followed by the barrel bomb. So it's a it's a very funny scene. It doesn't sound that funny, but. <laughs> <laughs> It is a very <laughs> so anyway the, yeah that whole the whole scope of it and toward, you know at the end of the at the end of the story the hogs basically put the ranch under siege and uh, and our hero Ray Puzo managed to escape escape by the skin of his teeth so it's a it's a you know it's a real wild adventure story as well as a Rabelaisian comedy. So, um, how are you with the uh, social media and website and all that stuff? Do you have uh, social media and you like to interact with people that read your books or or, or do you have a website? Um, let's give all your information. Yes, um, I have a my website is uh, www Southern Noir. That's two N's together there. Southern Noir. No spaces. <laughs> dot com. And I'm also on um, Facebook. I haven't graduated. I, I think I'm not young enough to graduate to some of the other media like uh, Instagram or uh, TikTok. Although I've been, I've been working on a dance step for TikTok. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would get on that one. You know, that's <laughs> that's, that's where you're going to go wild, hog wild. Okay, <laughs> just you know, just throwing that out there. Well, of course, we'll have that up on our website, and we'll have everything so people can find you with one click and tune into your soon-to-be-released TikTok station where you're <laughs> dancing with the. Uh, Hogs, you know, and stuff like that. And how was how was the COVID? Like, did the COVID uh, interfere with your writing at all? Or mm, no, actually, it, it was very helpful because I, you know, writing is a is a lonely existence, and you know, it's the, in a room with the door closed. And um, I really got back into writing short stories, and uh, a number of them have actually been published online. There are two two websites that have very current stories by me. One is called, one website is called Yellow Mama, which is uh, the name that was given to Georgia Electric Chair. Because, uh, 
when they built it back in the 30s, it was in a, put it, built in a building that was right next door to a highway maintenance department. And there was all this yellow paint in the maintenance department for painting the yellow lines on the highway. And so they just took some of that paint and painted the electric chair yellow. And it became known as the Yellow Mama. <laughs> and then the other the other website where you can find some of my stories is called uh, appropriately Horror Sleaze Trash. You know, I, I, I'm a really budding, highbrow literary writer, as you can tell. <laughs> I was going to say, geez, even I can't make those websites. I know it takes a lot. <laughs> it just I'm doing it wrong. I, I'm doing something wrong because I, I just can't get there. I don't know what's going on. So if, if a reader wants to read some of my stories, they go to these websites and there's an index or a, a question kind of thing, and they can put my name in, Jonathan Woods, and you know, lo and behold, something funny and nasty will come up. <laughs> it always happens. Um, if, you, if you wait long enough, something nasty comes up. Anyway. From the basement, right? Always, always, you know. Basement's the best place to be, you know. Um Wow. Okay. So well, now, for your Canadian audience, by the way, did I mention that I'm a McGill graduate? I mean, McGill University prepared me for this uh, incredible literary <laughs> renaissance that's come by me in my old age. Now, the book we're talking about is called Hog Wild. That's and, right. And the guest is the author of that book, Jonathan Woods. And uh, what can I say? Thank you for coming on the show. Hey, Alan, it was great fun indeed. I really appreciate your, your having this uh, kind of whacked-out American come up and be on your show. Thanks, Jonathan. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Yeah. Good night. This is a production of something weird media. I'll be back. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. 
That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code GLOW. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.